Happy Easter. Jesus Christ is risen. Uh, I can hardly believe that we're here in person. I can remember doing Easter worship last year, or at least trying to. I actually remember Palm Sunday better, because Eli came and helped me film Pastor Eric preaching on his iPad. I mean, Eli was like there in the front pew where Dessel's sitting with his iPad perched, this little nine-year-old, and I was here with my camera going like this. And I'm glad Pastor Eric didn't preach for, for a really long time because I stood like that the whole time as still as I could. I mean, this is like kind of resurrection, right? It's like new life. Easter's happening. New life's happening right now. We can feel it as things change and grow and start to happen. We faced an unknown pandemic future. Well, the future is always unknown, isn't it? doesn't change and so we had our worship service and then a month went by and another month went by and another month went by and another month went by and all of us were anxious and annoyed for different reasons I don't have to tell you that it was hard because you know for me every day this past year was a reminder of our Ash Wednesday proclamation that we start this season with from dust you've come to dust you shall return life's fragile will die death's part of it And so I've been waiting for Easter on all sorts of levels. And waiting. And waiting. (laughs) And people and things have changed. Or died. And we need new life. And this, thank God, is part of that new life that's happening. So glad to see you here. Why is pastor talking about pandemic? Dusted off the pews. We're here to celebrate Easter. Can't get life, can't life get back to normal? Can't church get back to normal? No! Life can't get back to normal because people and things have died, and when things die, they don't go back to normal. Easter happened. Christ is risen, and once new life came out of death, life can't go back to normal either. And it shouldn't. Dear friends, the living Christ is loose upon the world because the power of God's love has destroyed death itself. It makes a difference in how we live. We we can look for Easter's everywhere and expect to find it. We can look for Easter's everywhere. You, You know what I mean when I say that? I'm talking about when I say looking for Easter's. Easter, God's love brings new life out of death. The promise that death leads to new life. And I need that promise. I'm not going to speak for you. I'll speak for me. I need that promise because lots of things are killing me, us. Or keeping me entombed, us. Life isn't whole yet or what it should be, and so we're Easter people living in the promise. And so we've gathered here one more time again, like we've been doing for years, to remember the first resurrection morning and claim Easter once again. I love that story. The shadow of Jesus' crucifixion still hung over the disciples. 
and the women as their lives had been stripped of all hope of anything. They'd watched Jesus die. Everything they thought and hoped and expected died with him, and they loved him and had wanted to take care of him right then and there of his body, anointing it with spices and oils. But the Sabbath was coming, and they had to somehow not do that. They were forbidden to touch a dead body. And so they made their preparations, and they hid in fear, and they grieved, and they waited to honor their Lord and their friend. And finally, early on that morning of the Sabbath, Mary, after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they made their way through that gloomy dawn toward Jesus' tomb. They struggled with a heavy load of spices. They expected to struggle with an even heavier stone and then come face to face with the heavy stench of death, which was certainly there after three days. But, but none of it matched that heaviness that was in their hearts. It was empty of Jesus' presence and love and filled with the weight of grief and despair. We know that feeling. They arrived at death's door and they found that the stone was rolled away. The text says they looked up. You can see how they're walking. They saw that the stone was rolled away and grief and despair turned into confusion and alarm. What was going on? Of course they went in. Terrified and they saw that the body was gone and there was someone in there and then grief and despair turned into confusion and alarm which is quickly replaced with terror as they see a man in a white robe sitting in there where Jesus was laid. And he speaks, I know why you're here. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, he has been raised. He's not here. Tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. Mark makes it clear that they didn't understand, that they didn't know what was happening. Easter's like that. It's hard in the midst of death and fear to see that life might actually come. They only knew that something had happened. And then the text says they fled and said nothing to anyone, for terror and amazement had seized them. Easter happened. Christ is risen. Oh, we're going to do better than that. Christ is risen. And it changed everything. Of course they told someone eventually. Eventually, as their minds let go of what they were expecting and their hearts grabbed a hold of what Jesus wanted them to hear, they were filled with courage and power, and they listened, and they went out. And here you are today, inheritors of that same promise, that same hope of resurrection. I know why you are here, the angel said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Well, he's not here. He's going ahead of you, and there you will see him. Now that's a cool promise. Ever thought about it before? He's not here. He's going ahead of you. There you'll see him. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. Well, that's an interesting way to include Peter, isn't it? Go tell the disciples and that guy Peter. Remember him? You know Peter. 
Peter's the one who said he isn't a disciple. Three times. I'm not a disciple. I'm glad it's there for my sake. Makes me start to wonder why God's messenger would include Peter separately. Is it because Peter was a leader of sorts among the disciples or because Peter denied that he was a disciple? And Jesus needed to acknowledge that and then include Peter so Peter would know that Jesus was ahead of him offering forgiveness and grace and mercy and welcome. To make sure Peter knew that he was still a disciple even though he had said he wasn't, that that depends on God's call, not his. Go and tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you and there you will see him. I'm captivated by that promise. He's going ahead of you and you'll see him. He's in front of you. He's out there yet where you have not been. That's the risen Christ walking before you in life. Jesus' death and resurrection is a living promise. It's an active invitation to trust that wherever you're going, he's been there already. We're going out there. We're sent out there. We're always sent from the present moment into an unknown future. And that's death. And so Christ went ahead of us even there. Ahead of you, even there in death, to show you that when you die, God will give you new life, and thus everything is leading towards new life. Those we've lost will be restored, and we'll be with them. That which is, or has been, or will be broken in your life will be made whole. This changes everything. We no longer know that the future's unknown. It's filled with God and God's love always. It helps me look back at my past and see the griefs and the struggles and the confusions and realize that my Lord was there too, walking ahead of me, bringing me here, bringing you here. He's been there all along. I know that I have carried a lot of heavy burdens in my life and that you have too. Grief and loss, disappointment, whatever it is. Truthfully, I still carry some of them. They're hard to put down like those spices, somehow a badge of honor or something or some, some way carrying them somehow gives meaning. But the point isn't that those things go away because that's part of being human. It's difficult to just live purely in God's Easter grace, and yet that's still the promise. I don't know that the point on this side of heaven is that those things actually go away. It's that the risen Christ is with us in the dead places to give us life. I will have a resurrection like his one day, and so will you, and so I can trust that the path I walk has Jesus upon it in front of me just like he was behind me, and just like he's with me in the present. Christ is risen, and Easter is coming. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that life's easy now. Lord, this has been a hard year. Just as those women carried their spices to the tomb, and Thomas carried doubt, and Peter carried shame, we'll carry heavy loads in our lives. There'll be times when it's heavier as we work to put the church back together again. 
I don't just mean this one, I mean the church, society, culture, things aren't going to be the same. But always there's that promise, Christ is going before you. There's going to be some losses, but there's going to be incredible joy because new life comes. Christ is going ahead of you. The women wondered who would remove that heavy stone from their way so they could honor their Lord with their service, and Jesus did. The risen Christ. But what is most powerful to me today, along with the promise that Christ goes ahead of you into your life, is that Christ doesn't stay in the tomb. I know that you are looking for Jesus the Christ who is crucified. He's not here. He's risen. His love is loose upon the world. He's going ahead of you, and there is where you will see him. Go and tell the others that God loves them and that Christ is risen. God's love has conquered death. Happy Easter.